0: Judges chapter 15. In our text for this morning is the verse 18. And he was sore at thirst. That is Samson. And called on the Lord and said, Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant. And now Shall I die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised? Personal revival is something that every child of God feels their need of at some time or another. The psalmist David Felt that need of personal revival. For he said in Psalm 138, verse 7, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. We know that trouble, of course, can take its toll on us physically, mentally, and spiritually. Obviously, that's the toll that had taken on David and he trusted that the Lord would revive him and here we have Samson Samson praying for personal physical revival and that's what the Lord did for him in answer to his prayer the Lord revived him for we read in verse 19 his spirit came again and he revived but why did he feel the need for personal revival well he had just exerted a great deal of strength and power in overthrowing a thousand Philistines Israel's arch enemies and those likewise who in the Lord's work put a great deal of effort into what they are doing will from time to time ask the Lord to refresh them and to revive them Psalm 85, verse 6, the psalmist said, Will God not revive me? So each one here today, we may ask ourselves, do I need to experience personal revival? That is, revival in my prayer life? Revival in my study of the Word? Revival of my striving after holiness? Do we need revival, spiritual revival, in any one of these areas that we have just mentioned? If so, then we can follow the example of Samson. For a while, He was wanting to be revived physically. When we look at Samson and what he did, we can learn from Samson and apply it to us spiritually. That while the Lord revived Samson physically, let us pray the Lord will revive us spiritually and give us personal revival. First thing that we notice here is Samson's and his plight. Samson and his plight. The Philistines, we know, were always the enemies of Israel. Countless are the number of times that Israel did battle with their enemies. <coughs> and here before us is an account of another conflict this time Samson as a judge would go out against the Philistines he was doing the Lord's work because as was said Philistines were the enemies of God's chosen people the Israelites here we notice first of all his task Samson had the task of going out against and fighting against the enemy. But we know there's something about this task. We see, first of all, he was hindered. At least the enemy tried to hinder him. For the man of Judah sought to hinder Samson from going against the Philistines they did not want to upset the Philistines because the Philistines ruled over Judah you look there at the verse 11 and 3,000 men of Judah went to the top of the rock Atom and said to Samson knowest thou not that the Philistines are rulers over us They didn't want to upset the Philistines. What is this? That thou hast done unto us. And he said unto them, As they did unto me, so have I done unto them. And so what did the men of Judah do? They bound Samson with flax cords believing that binding him in that way they would be able to take Samson and deliver him to the Philistines themselves. And so they sought to hinder Samson. But it's not so typical of what we experience in the Lord's work. You seek to do the Lord's work and carry out his will and you can be sure the enemy will be out to hinder us. And our great enemy, of course, is the devil. We looked at a number of weeks ago there the Christian's armor. And Paul spoke about putting on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against The wiles of the devil. And if you're serving the Lord. You'll know all about the wiles of the devil. For sin will try to hinder you. Whatever you seek to do for God. He will endeavor to hinder you. Paul knew that. 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 18. Wherefore. We would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. There it is. Satan hindered us. And so likewise, we seek to extend the kingdom of God by service, by seeking to win the loss for Christ and we will, be able, we will experience what Paul experienced Satan hindering us well here we have the men of Judah and they sought to hinder Samson prevent him from going out against the Philistine and so they bound him not only was he hindered but he was helped and his help did not come from man. His help came from the Spirit of God. Look at verse 14. And when he came unto the eye, the Philistines shouted against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the cords that were upon his arms became as flesh that was burnt with fire. The Spirit of the Lord helped him. The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. In other words, the Spirit of the Lord overcame the hindrance. And whenever you're serving God, we need the Spirit of the Lord. As the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon Samson. So when we serve God, we need the Spirit of God to come mightily upon us. To enable us to overcome whatever hindrance the devil puts in our way. And anything we are to do for the Lord, any service we render to him, we need the Spirit of the Lord to come mightily upon us. Such might and such power will remove the hindrances and enable us to do the work of God. Satan's crowd sought to hinder the apostles time and time again. But they were men who were full of the Holy Ghost. Men. They had the Spirit of the Lord upon them. Turn over to Acts chapter 4. you see there what I mean. Acts 4. There in Acts 4 and verse 18. And they called them, the apostles, and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach. In the name of Jesus, there's nothing new under the sun. There were those in the apostles' time to hear to hear the preaching of Christ. So it is today. But then go down to verse 31, and when they had prayed, the apostles, the place was shaken when they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. They preached the word anyway. The Holy Ghost had overcome whatever hindrances the enemy saw to place in their way and the apostles preached the word anyway. They were overcomers by the power of of the Holy Ghost and you'll notice when they were preaching they weren't timid in any way they preached the word of God with boldness when you're filled with the Holy Ghost you'll preach the word with boldness when you're filled with the Holy Ghost you'll preach the word no matter what the devil's crowd tries to do and seeking to heaven you and even though we find that here was Samson, and he was out against, was going out against the Philistines, and the men of Judah sought to hinder him, yet Samson overcame the hindrance by the mighty power of God. And he went out against the Philistines alone. He didn't have an army with him. He went out against the Philistines alone. Ah, but God was with them. And when you have God with you, you're in the majority. (laughs) Praise the Lord, you're in the majority. And Samson went out against the Philistines. And we notice then he was hindered and then he was helped. And then we look at his hand. We look at what Samson had in his hand. No. He didn't go out against the Philistines with a sword or a spear in his hand. He went out against the Philistines with nothing more than the jawbone of an ass. Verse 15 And he found a new jawbone of an ass and put forth his hand and took it and slew a thousand men therewith. A thousand men. Something as rude and plain as a jawbone was what Samson had in his hand and remember going out against the Philistine he was going out doing the work of God going out to face the enemy of Israel and the enemy of God they were idle worshippers they had no time for the Lord God of heaven and he went out against the Philistines as they say without a sword, without a spear nothing more than the jawbone of an ass in his hand. You see how the Lord can use the most simplest of objects and use them to his glory and give victory to his people and fulfill his purpose he had nothing more than a jaw both in his hand <coughs> turn over to Acts chapter 4 I'm sorry, Exodus chapter 4 Exodus chapter 4 and there we read the opening two verses and Moses answered and said but behold they will not believe me nor hearken unto my voice for they will say the Lord hath not appeared unto thee and the Lord said unto them, what is that in thine hand and he said a rock Moses had a rod in his hand. Samson had a jawbone in his hand. Moses then had a rod in his hand. Now go down to verse 17. Exodus 4 verse 17. And thou shalt take this rod in thine hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs in other words God would take Moses with that rod in his hand and he would do mighty things for Israel against the Egyptians and God said to Moses what is that in thine hand and there Moses had a rod in his hand Samson had a jawbone in his hand and we can ask ourselves what is it that I have in my hand that God can use there are those who say but I don't have much to offer. I don't have many talents, I can't do this and I can't do that doesn't matter Doesn't matter to the God of heaven. Anything that believer you can do, anything the Lord will use it. Because remember, in the harvest field now, there's a work for all to do. Heart the Master's voice is calling to the harvest, calling you little as much when God is in it labor not for wealth or fame there's a crime, and you can win it when you go in Jesus name doesn't matter if you feel that your talents and abilities are limited if the Lord used a rod in the hand of Moses and used a jawbone in the hand of Samson, anything you can do, the Lord can use it. To his glory. Why? Because little is much. But God is in it. We've noticed this task. Then we notice this triumph. Even though Samson was out against the Philistines as a Lord man, yet the Lord God of Israel was with him and gave him the victory. And we read in verse fifteen, and he found a new jawbone of an ass, and put his hand, forth his hand, and took it, and slew a thousand men. There, with there was the victory. So, by the power of the Holy Spirit, because the Spirit of God, remember, came mightily upon him, he slew a thousand men. Such is the power of God. We think of the power of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Ghost came down that day. Three. Thousand souls were saved. Yet three thousand sinners were slain. Just as Samson slew a thousand Philistines, so the Holy Ghost, as it were, slew three thousand souls on the day of Pentecost. They were saved by the grace of God, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls Acts 2 verse 41 well Samson would not be more than a jawbone of an ass in his hand the help and the power of the spirit of God slew a thousand Philistines that reminds us of what Joshua told Israel Joshua one man, listen, one man of you shall chase a thousand. For the Lord your God, he it is that fighteth with you, as he has promised you. One man of you shall chase a thousand. There's no limit to what you can do and what you can accomplish when you're God with you and you have the power of the Holy Spirit as your helper. As well as his task and his triumph that leads us now to his thirst After his slaying a thousand Philistines we read verse 18 and he was sore at thirst. What does that tell us? Well as you can imagine Samson would have needed to put forth a great deal of effort to be able to slay a thousand Philistines. He put forth a great deal of effort against the enemy and defeated them. He certainly had to. And he was to conquer and defeat them. And that of course teaches us something very important. It teaches us
1: that whatever
0: we do for the Lord let us put all of our effort into it. Not to do anything in a half-hearted way for the Lord. Not to do something because you have to. No, surely anything you do for God, you want to do it with a heart and a half. As we read in Ecclesiastes 9 and 10, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it. It doesn't end there. Whatsoever thy hand finds it to do, do it with thy might. Put your heart into it. Whatever God wants you to do, put your heart into it. Do it with thy might. Oh that's what the Lord told Gideon the Lord said to Gideon go in this thy might get are all into it Gideon go in this thy might and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites have not I sent thee Well, it was going in the will of God and going in the will of God he knew he would have the Lord with them but Gideon still had to go in his might in other words whatever his hand found to do he was to do it with his might not be half of the Bible. so we have Samson and his plight that leads us now to consider Samson and his prayer being sore and thirst Samson now looks to the Lord for help and he begins to pray in verse 18 and he was sore of thirst and called on the Lord we notice here first of all regarding his prayer the time in other words when Samson prayed when he was athirst, that's when he called upon the Lord now Samson you talk to any Sunday school child they'll know about Samson if you ask them what do you know about Samson well they would know about his great strength and certainly Samson was known for his strength but there's one thing he was not known for and that was prayer prayer you know many times you read about Samson praying. How many times is recorded in Scripture that Samson prayed? Twice. There are only two prayers coming from the lips of Samson that are recorded in Scripture. Twice and you'll read then in the last verse of the chapter 15 he judged Israel in the days of the Philistines 20 years he was judged and fought against the Philistines for 20 years and yet in 20 years will he read of him pray twice he was not a man of prayer how unlike he was to Moses Moses Joshua, Samuel David whatever else those men did what they were known for one thing they were known for above everything else they were known to be men of prayer every day they were in touch with heaven through prayer Remember what Samuel told the elders of Israel when they had rejected them and they wanted Saul as their king. And then they saw their mistake and they came to Samuel and they said, Samuel, would you pray for us? Remember what Samuel said, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. In other words, Samson had gone on, or Samuel had continued to pray for those who had rejected him. Samson was not a man of prayer. But now he begins to pray. When? What was the time when he was sore athirst? he called on the Lord not when he went out against the Philistines you don't read of him praying then but when he was sore athirst, that's when he called on the Lord and he called upon the Lord in his thirst, in his weakness and prayed to be revived He was brought to an end of himself. Indeed he said, and now shall I die of thirst? He had been brought to an end of himself believing he was going to die if he didn't get water to refresh him and to revive him. Now he calls out to the Lord that the Lord would revive him and that he would die not someone like Samson didn't give much attention to prayer in his life and they feared they were going to die they were brought to a place When they thought they were going to die, I think they would begin to pray then. Well, that's when Samson began to pray. And we would need to pray to that end Lord, revive my prayer life, revive my desire increase my desire to live a holy life give me a greater desire Lord to read the word revive my reading of thy word as well as the time we have the thanks he has slain a thousand Philistines And when he believed he was dying of thirst, he gave God the glory. At no time had Samson done that before. Samson always relied upon his strength, his physical strength. And any victory he had in the past, he claimed the credit for it. Look there in verse sixteen, when he slew a thousand men, and Samson said, "With the jawbone of the nose, heaps upon us, heaps, with the jawbone of the nose, have I slain a thousand men? I did it, but in a very short time, as we would say, he changed his tune when he felt." He was going to die. Now he gives God the glory. Look at verse 18. And he was sore at thirst and called on the Lord and said, Thy hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant. I'm just a servant. See the change? From I Alive. from being a great champion to being a servant that was the difference isn't that what takes place when we experience personal revival when the spirit of God comes And revives us spiritually. We soon get rid of the eyes in our life. And we replace them with the eyes. In our life. Paul said in Galatians 2 verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless. I live yet. Not I. Not I not I but Christ liveth in me see he doesn't focus on himself he focuses on his saviour and that's what took place there with Samson when he believed he was going to die through lack of water he no longer spoke about I I But he said, Thou have given this great victory into the hand of thy servant. Thy humble servant. As well as the times and the thanks, we had the threat. No, the threat didn't come from Israel's enemies. No, the threat came from the lack of a simple commodity, the water. Water. The lack of water threatened Samson. You think of it. The Philistines didn't threaten him in any way but here he is he thinks he's going to die for the lack of water something as simple as water that may prompt the question what do we thirst for Samson thirsted for water and he was prepared to pray to God for that water what do we thirst for and we're prepared to pray for it do we thirst after souls and are we prepared to pray for them is our cry that of John Knox John Knox said Lord give me Scotland or I die that was the burden Knox had for souls in Scotland do we thirst for a Christ likeness are we ready to pray to that end is that our thirst do we thirst For holiness of life? Do we thirst for holiness of life? Like Robert Murray McShane. McShane used to pray regularly, Lord, make me as holy as is possible for a saved sinner to be this side of eternity. That was McShane's prayer remembering, of course, that without holiness no man shall see the Lord. And if we were to experience a personal reviving, all those matters, all those prayers would be answered. We would have a burden for souls. We would have a desire for likeness to Christ. We would want to live a holier life if we had an experience of personal revival. So, we'll considered Samson and his plight, Samson and his prayer. Finally, we have Samson and the provision. Samson had prayed for water that he might be revived. And here we see, first of all, the response. We have the response to his prayer verse 19 but God clean and hollow place that was in the jaw and there came water there out. and when he had drunk his spirit came again and he revived he experienced personal Revival. It was physical. God teaches us that we can do spiritual revival. And when Samson prayed to be revived, the Lord answered him. He had been humble by that lack of water he'd been brought down to acknowledge I'm just a servant he'd been humbled and he gave God the glory for the victory over a thousand Philistines now God answered Samson's prayer to revive him the Lord responded to his prayer you know the Lord responds to our prayer. Praise his name. And if you pray today for personal revival, you know something? The Lord will answer that prayer. Turn to Isaiah chapter 57. Isaiah 57. and then we read in verse 15 Isaiah 57 verse 15 For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity whose name is holy I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit Samson had been humbled contrite and a humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. in other words we come before God in all humility acknowledging I need I need personal revival my prayer life is not what it should be My desire for holiness of life is not what it should be. I need revival in my own heart and soul. And there God responded to Samson's prayer as he will respond to ours as we just read there in Isaiah 57 verse 15. So you have the response. Next you have the rock. Now look carefully. At verse 19. But God cleave and hollow place that was in the jaw. And there came water there out. And when he had drunk. His spirit came again and he revived. You look at the verse 19, you say, well, where's the rock? I don't see any rock there. Well, you look at the words, but God cleaved and hollow place that was in the jaw. If you have a Bible margin, you'll find those words the jaw actually referred to a place a location and that location was Leah. but God cleave a hollow place that was in Lei. the location and you take those two words hollow place God cleave a hollow place in Leah. Those two words hollow place refers to a rock. Now you get the picture. God cleaved a hollow place. He cleaved a hollow place in a rock. Where was the rock? In the location? Leah. And when God cleaved the rock Iliad. water flowed out and Samson was able to drink and he was revived he was revived you have said it many times this is a wonderful book you know you'd read over that verse a dozen times and you wouldn't really see the significance of it, what was written there. And so we read then that God cleaved a rock. Out of the rock flowed water that Samson was able to drink and was revived. You know your Bible at all. That'll take your thoughts Back to Exodus. And the children of Israel complained that they had nothing to drink. And we read in Exodus seventeen, verse six, Behold I will stand before thee, thus the God speaking. Behold I will stand before thee upon the rock in Horror, and thou shalt smite the rock and there shall water come out of it that the people may drink but there's more to it than that for we go over then to 1 Corinthians and Paul makes reference to the rock and in 1 Corinthians 1 verse first, sorry First Corinthians 10 verse 4 that spiritual rock that followed them followed Israel. That spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. The rock was Christ. And that rock, was God smote for Samson, out of which came water, speaks to us of Christ and when he had drunk his spirit came again and he was revived and the truth and the teaching is the same today we want to be refreshed, we want to be revived, we look to the rock we look to Christ and we drink and partake Of the living waters that flow from Christ our rock and our Lord. And the more we look. And the more we focus our gaze upon him. And the more we drink of Christ. Then the more we will know personal revival. Revelation 21 verse 6 I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely the Lord ready to revive us believer there is the response God answered his prayer there was the rock out of which the water came and then there was the revival. We are told that after Samson had drunk the water that God provided, his spirit came again and he was revived. Samson experienced personal revival. May <coughs> each one of us today Experience personal revival. May we look to Christ. May we go to Christ and drink of that fountain of living waters. And as Samson drank of the water that came from the rock, so when we drink of Christ and the water, the living waters that flow from Christ, we'll be revived too will be revived let us pray to that end just as Samson prayed, called on the Lord, and God cleave on hollow place that was in the jaw, or was in the eye, and there came water there out, and when they had drunk, his spirit came again, and he revived that we all know something of the Bible today. Amen. That's power in prayer. So <laughs> oh, our dear Lord and loving God, we bless thee for the rock, Christ Jesus. We know that that rock was smitten by God at Calvary. No, Lord, we thank Thee for the life giving blood that flowed that day from the wound of our Savior. And we rejoice that the Lord gives living water. Lord, when we drink of that fountain, will never run dry. will be refreshed. will be revived. will live closer to the Lord. We'll want to be more and more like Him. Lord, revive us all today. Apply Thy Word, O oh Lord, by Thy Spirit to every heart this morning we something of personal revival dear Lord be with us now this day be pleased to keep thy good hand upon us keep us all healthy and well and safe grant us all traveling mercy as we leave the Lord's house today now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, their abiding portion now, and forevermore. Amen.